The star at the center of our solar system has an estimated age of 4.6 billion years, while the Milky Way galaxy itself sits at a venerable 13.6 billion years old. Each day, new stars are cataloged and observed for the presence of orbiting bodies. Each day, humans angle our instruments at our nearest cosmic neighbors and listen for something to reveal that we are not the only ones searching for intelligent life in our galaxy. But what if we reached out, and what reached back did not have benevolent intent? If we were to discover that our fate as a species was to mirror the multitude of colonization histories upon our own world, the idea of an encounter with another species that has traveled across the vast distances of space to seek out Earth in order to invade and or conquer our species has been around since the turn of the 20th century. A technologically superior race ravaging our planet towards their own unknowable or incomprehensible goals. At our current level of technology and scientific understanding, what would be the most likely scenarios of why and how an event of belligerent first contact would go down? This case file, join the theorists as they drive you into anxiety-fueled death spiral overdrive with the threat of evil alien overlords in Alien Invasions. Welcome to Alien Theorists Theorizing Case File 251, Alien Invasions. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Oh, you feel that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not deaf. Oh. You know, that's nice. It's a beautiful thing. We dropped the ever-increasing dead weight. (laughs) (laughs) Ever-increasing? That's fair. (laughs) No, it just turns out our boy is just a fair weather podcaster. Yeah, he needs perfect. Minor inconvenience and he's out. He needs ideal conditions. Uh, ideal. Well, or that's what it is. He's, call, he's calling in his his exit from this week. Last he's in minute. his ATT six day. <laughs> no, beca- and because uh, we lost, you know, we lost 25% of the podcast. We said, why, why do, let's change it up a bit this week. We do, a, we follow a lot of the true, kind of like a true crime case file a lot of the time. Every once in a while we do one of these, but more of a what if podcast. So we talk, we've talked about so many cases of abduction, hybridization, UFO sightings. So if these ETs are on earth or observing earth or abducting us, we thought, why not just have a good old pack your bowl take a big old smoke and theorize about what an ET invasion of Earth would look like. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, but, so this could be about a five-minute case file because that's how long it would take? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? It's like fucking game over, boys. <laughs> TLDR, uh, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, as with most most things, it is a uh, it's a matter of perspective, I think, and to kind of uh, get that kickstarted, you have to consider that our galaxy itself, the Milky Way, is about four hundred billion stars, and with that, you have a potential for about mm, about six billion Earth-like planets orbiting them, 
And we're probably finding more of those all the every time. Day. <laughs> the more we look, yeah. the more it seems like planets and form in every, pretty much every star in some so fashion. That, yeah, that kicks up the potential for intelligent life being out there. Uh, you know, every day we find more, yeah, that it ticks another box. And so we keep raising the potential for finding actually intelligent life out there. And, you know, whether we're reaching out there via SETI or um, just, you know, our just being here, I guess, is depending on their technology level, whether they would, they would be able to find us and, and travel here is kind of what we're looking at. Um, but with just the Milky Way, I mean, if you look out to other galaxies, I mean, there could probably be anywhere like around 2 trillion other galaxies. And Endless. within those galaxies, you have 400 billions, you know, billions and billions. The mathematical, the mathematics, like once you get to that point are, you can't even calculate it. Like mm. it's just, <laughs> no. take some kind of world computer to actually work that out so um, we've bri- so we've briefly talked on it before it's come up on many different case files in some fashion but like the drake equation oh i know that one that's where you take uh crappy canadian uh sitcom and <laughs> bad rap music and equals fucking that shitty rapper right <laughs> equals a billionaire somehow yes yeah that, that's the real fucking <laughs> that's the real mystery that makes no fucking sense uh, yeah, the famous Drake equation, uh, coined by Frank Drake, the American radio astronomer who recently passed away just September 2nd uh, of this piece, year. Buddy. Um, so RIP, uh, natural causes uh, at the age of 92, ripe old oh, age. That's of a good run. So made it, that's a good know, run. Did a good really run. Really good. That's a good um, run. Forever, forever changing the way that we search for extraterrestrial life. I mean, he was a integral part of uh, of SETI, of establishing SETI, uh, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Um, but yeah, um, he came up with a, you know, a kind of useful equation in 1961 of trying to figure out how you could take a number of variables and put those together and try to calculate the number of detectable civilizations within the Milky Way. Um, it kind of runs like, uh, the number of civilizations which humans could communicate with equals, the mean rate of star formation times a fraction of stars that have planets times the mean number of planets that could support life per star with planets times fraction of life supporting planets that develop Minus life common times. denominator and pi 3.14. Carry the four. The carry the four. Long division. Yeah. Right. There's about on. four more variables that that like the plunk train in leaves there. the station at five o'clock, gets there at seven o'clock. <laughs> there's 45 people on the train. Like fucking complicated uh, stuff. But, so, but with our most recent calculations of running through this, of the data that we do have from our, you know, our tiny little uh, piece of expert, you know, relatively, you know, to us, like a small exploration and reaches out into space, it, the odds of us having, it, encountering intelligent life in the Milky Way are somewhere between 53 and 99%. So, well, so <laughs> somewhere in there. How do they get to that, the percentage of, what we could, that we're the only ones, 50% chance that we're the only ones? That we, that no, that there is a, the, again, the, the answer here or like what you're looking for is the number of detectable intelligence life. Well, yeah. The, so, so that, so there's between 53 and 99 is what you're saying. Of us being the only. That's what I mean. That's a weird yeah. answer to get. Cause usually if you put it in the N, it'll give, like if I, right. I, I plugged a bunch of numbers in here and it gives me 12,600 civilizations that we may be able to communicate with. Right. And then wherever them being located would also be a... We put that in your computer or in your calculator? 
<laughs> yeah, I got. I mean, you can so plug it all in. You could plug in the numbers, like just plug in random. I'm surprised you can get a result other than boobies because that's all I got. <laughs> Turn <laughs> upside down. Eight eight zero eight eight zero zero eight. No, but yeah, there's <laughs> obviously there's there's tons of websites that have the Drake equation calculators. So you can sit there all day and just go through them, like boobies. I've done before, and see how high the number can get. Which it gets really high, really, really quick. If you just put like every solar system has one planet that sure. could potentially be Earth-like, how many of those planets? Even if it's only five percent of the planets which spawn some life, and then even just five percent of those planets which spawn intelligent life, and then five percent of those planets which spawn like interstellar communication, you still get thousands. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like there is, there could be life out there, uh, you know, searching the stars just like we are, looking for uh, somebody to reach back. Or well, you look back at the percentage. Going. Like there's more more a chance that there is than there isn't, according to the equation. According to that equation, right? And then yeah. there's a couple other ones, and and the the Drake equation has changed over the years. I think the the like the one I was looking at was the original one. I think there has been like there's people have added stuff on as tweak we, it you as know, they figured go. Out. I mean, right. you got it. Like we, it's just like a general consensus. I would imagine with most people, other than maybe the religious that like it's just the fact there's got to be a certain amount of with naivete about you know not <laughs> thinking that anyone right like they're come on that we're the, the most chances that we're the only <laughs> we're the most special. It, yeah, it's, come on, it's not so much. I, I think it's probably you would find the general consensus that yes, there might be life out there, there but be. whether or not whether or not that is in, uh, intelligent life as we would define it. I don't know. I, I think if I went down just randomly on the street, asked a hundred people, people would be like, "Yeah, there's probably motherfucking aliens out there, and they're probably pretty <laughs> smart." I'm gonna say it's a majority. If you just majority of the random people, random that you public, hundred percent, <laughs> random people who have not studied studied no, astrobiology not or astrophysics, all. any of them, just the random. I'm just saying person, it, it's accepted <laughs> that people are like, you know what? There's you know, there's probably some motherfucking people out there. <laughs> gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> and how can they? and then you and then then if you were to take those random people and just told them the facts that we just told them, how many planets are out there and how many galaxies other than our own? They'd be like, yeah, there's got there's got to be Absolutely. at least one. There's got to be at least one other one. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and so th the idea that intelligent life is out there that's would and that would want to come here has kind of been a staple of uh, you know, human literature for a long time. I mean, you can go back to pretty much I mean, the, the beginning of uh, you know, of this trope of a uh, a fictional invasion by a alien civilization goes back to the War of the Worlds, you know, famous science fiction novel by H.G. Wells. I cannot uh, wait to hear your fucking rendition of that in the intro. I, <laughs> you have to do it. You got it, man. Um, yeah, and then plus, like, you know, the, all the stuff that happened when, it, you know, when it came out and everybody was freaking out. The original... Like the know, 1930s broadcast, right? Yeah, the 1930s broadcast and all the hoopla that that produced. It's just, yeah, the people back then even believed that, yeah, this is really happening. This is possible. There's a possibility that this could happen. But, um, the, but the story of an alien invasion um, as speculative fiction uh, has always been in literature. It's you know, it's kind of just pervaded literature from yeah the late. 1800s. So, but if you go back and look at every single alien invasion story, maybe not everyone, but the majority of them, they all take about three main forms of what the what we conceive would be the possible, uh, like the possible forms of an invasion would take. So you have either the what would be uh, considered the all-out attack, um, where you know technologically superior forces, you know, pretty much just 
aim their weapons at Earth and, you know, we try to fight back. And They teleport into our atmosphere (laughs) and then instantly turn on whatever type of antimatter gun they have, disintegrate all human life and just land peacefully and take the planet. Right. No they fight. Show Imagine up. They, they, they show would, up and they do some type of like EMP first, right? Like knock all our shit off. Oh, just yeah, knock us like, off the grid. Everybody goes out of power. That's enough to start fucking making everybody shit their pants, right? <laughs> yeah, just no, yeah, unless no you power had grid. like you know, yeah, unless you had like shield. You know, there are electromagnetically shielded things like that is possible. Stuff. Some of that stuff. The is general built, public the would be fucked. Oh right? yeah, general and, which public, would yeah. start like a pandemonium. You'd have like oh, yeah, yeah. you'd have infrastructure would would take a hit. No, yeah. Definitely, for sure. Um, so you have something like that that could be included in the all-out attack. And then you also have the idea of the infiltration where mm. you know everybody has the idea that aliens are already here or they're coming here and replacing, brainwashing, and or controlling humans in some way uh, to take over to with within, you know, to Absolutely. avoid whether to avoid you know, casualties or it just seems easier um, than taking over with, it's, with force. It's easier to land, hybridize, integrate that hybrid into high level military all around the world. And in one coordinated effort, they just blow up our own military on ourselves. (laughs) Let's creak. Yeah. And then the third, the third just being a combination of the above. So, you know, having the infiltration and the the all out attack. Uh, If you go through most movies, books, things like that, it's, it's just those two. Like that's how we, perceive that an alien invasion would take form in those ones. And then, you know, you have other ones that like, you know, it's a giant AI robot race that comes over here. It could be a giant robot planet. It could be Unicron. I don't know. Like (laughs) Unicron shows up and eats our planet. Like, okay. (laughs) But that makes sense though, right? Like if they have the technology to travel here, they, you'd assume they'd have probably, I'm assuming they, some concept of robotics. Why would they even have to go boots on the ground? Send a bunch of fucking T-1000s. And that's the the way that, you know, uh, famed astrophysicist Stephen Hawking, like his whole warning about, you know, us reaching out, you know, passively broadcasting out signals of where our location is like, hey, you might not want to do that because if you do reach something that's out there. I agree with Stevie. (laughs) I agree with old Stevie. He's a smart man. Terrible idea. You know, if, if if a race has the ability to travel the unfathomable uh, distances between stars, um, it would make sense that they would have either weapons or armaments or some type of device that devices that would be able to, I mean, nothing that we could muster would have any type of effect less than an irritant probably. That's, so, and that, that's what brings me to this. And I don't want to derail too far, but like, cause I, I, like, here's my question is why, right? So why is it, why are they coming? Like, why are they coming here in the first place? That's a good question. Is it it to harvest resources? Is Mm. it like it it has have their like has their planet now become uh, unhospitable? Like, do they have to find something you know new? Like, what what do you think? Like, that's what (laughs) that's what my brain went to immediately because I'm like, why the fuck is this massively advanced civilization even give a shit about a planet of of like of ants and apes basically to them? Right? Like, we're yeah. If I yeah, I mean, this is this is the avenue that's super fun. So. Got this ET, super advanced ET race that can, or trans-dimensional, or they 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 have a technology which they can jump through stars at a speed where, let's say, organic life doesn't isn't not like affected by age or something. They don't have to go on like a ten thousand year cryo sleep. So maybe. So I always thought like so resources seems, it seems like the easy one because that's what we like that's what we've done in our history infiltrate, take resources, very human, 
they have it there. We need it. We're going to go get it. And we're going to do anything in our power to get it. Sure. But, and but then you're like, to, well, yeah. then you say like, and then you start realizing they start doing all those, like all this, like this, what do you call it? The spectrometer stuff where sure. they, they can decide, they can find out what minerals are on different asteroids, what their primary composition is. And they're like, actually so there's other asteroids out there, which seem to us so extremely valuable that our planet It'd be, it'd seem easier of an ET race to go and just scoop up a super high dense asteroid of whatever mineral they need in this table. Yeah, I mean, you could find some of those, and some of those asteroids are made of things that's like, those are the insides of planets. Like there, there's would be resources that generally like you wouldn't find uh, like on the surface of a planet or, you know, within like, you know, like a mile underground or even deeper than that. You have, especially, you probably have like elements in there that it's like, okay, well, this was part of more pure, uh, I would assume like more pure forms of uh, like materials that we would consider here. Like I, people think gold or, uh, you know, whether it be gold or, you know, some kind of weird stuff that we use like platinum or something like a, a rare earth mineral or something like that. It's like, yeah, you could find those probably on an asteroid somewhere. <laughs> but so, but on the same, the same topic of minerals or some type of, commodity they need like what if it's like a gas because there's not a lot of planets with thick atmosphere that there's there's really there's two in our solar system one is super inhospitable i mean but yeah but we also have planets that are made of gas like <laughs> this is true is there any uh, maybe it's water because i'm a fucking dummy I'm a, but is there any gases that are exclusive to earth that we know of not really <laughs> we probably have, if you were to look at it, we probably have a high, higher concentration of some than others. So, or maybe, that, that's, yeah. And that's assuming that our atmosphere is unique. Like it is. Well, maybe. Or, so, assu know. assuming it is unique, say it is, say the composition of our atmosphere, just the, the ratio of between nitrogen and oxygen and carbon and everything else that floats up there is to an E. So, maybe that's one of the reasons to an ET super race of, you know, galaxy conquering murderers. Our atmosphere is the perfect fuel or something for them. <laughs> like that, that we're like where there's very few of our type that of planet. Would, but that would seem that would seem very that would seem very short sighted because it's like why would you use a rare thing to a, a, like planet? <laughs> like if our planet is rare, if the atmosphere is rare, I don't know if you'd use it as a fuel. Like you want. Well, maybe that's, that's the only way you can you can jump dimensions with this we, certain fuel. Well, sure, okay, we could so, assume that too. Like, we so the just, certain yeah. <laughs> fuel is what caused them to be able to jump um, dimensions. But, like, what happens if this is just a nomadic fucking species? And they're just Roman? They're just Roman. That's just what they fucking do. They're nomadic. Take a so planet. It, it was only a matter of time before they got to Earth. And you look at, like, stuff like Mars, where, oh, you know, was it, you know, was there a previous fucking people that inhabited Mars potentially? We don't know. Right? Maybe that's what happened to them. Maybe they fucking landed there, took it, harvested it, and now they move on. Because that's how they fucking... They use up all the... They, resource. They use up everything till the planet's off balance and the planet starts deteriorating, loses its atmosphere, and they jump to the next one. Yeah. Because they're just... Yeah, they're just all-consuming. They don't really care about <laughs> conservation of the planet. They, just, they take it for all it's worth over a million years. Choose the next hey, target. Send, hey, send probes hey, out. This is what they do. What'd you say? Sorry. Well, I was just gonna—I was just gonna interject. Keep going where you're going, but I was gonna say—is that any different than what we're fucking looking to do right now? Jump somewhere else. 
because we've completely depleted the resources in our country and it's go or in our world and it's going to shit. So now we have to start looking at other places because we're overpopulating just in and we're case. fucking destroying. Yeah, the, right? for the 10,000 years in the future where we really have used everything up. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so uh, I like that theory of a, so there's this nomadic race, all consuming, they land on the planet, they live there for a million years or whatever it is till they adapt, they start just, they exhaust the resources, but before they exhaust, they've already chosen their next target the local population there, they hybridize, they get all their, you know, they, they spend a hundred years choosing their target, hybridizing, and then they just move to the next planet. Or how, or how, cause if, cause if it is a species and they evolve on a planet, let's say, I guess you just have to find the perfect conditions to the next planet every time. Wait, wait, like you said, you're hybridizing with them. So maybe you're like, you're hybridizing with them so you can like live on that planet. Right, but then you're moving to another planet. If you're planning to move to another planet, you'd have to ensure that the that conditions there are conducive to the survival of your now hybridized race. That is, well, you're going to hybridize now, again. You keep hybridizing on that planet. You keep you, that's how you do it. You, you send in hybridizing. You send in probes. You abduct some people from the planet. See what they're that's made of. Why you abduct it? That's yeah. yes. Oh, fucking cool, man. So that's that's one of the whys, I guess. Why why the ETs are coming? <laughs> is that yeah? So. um, if you, if, yeah, if you pop that in there and you're like, okay, if you, you want to go with that theory, yeah. So maybe they are hybridizing. So that would probably be a form of what you could probably, uh, you could probably throw into like a stages of war thing. If you had a, a an intelligent civilization that was going to, you know, predator <laughs> earth, you know, um, predate earth, predate. Uh, you'd word. have, uh, you probably have certain stages that I kind of came up with in my head, like in a scenario. And this is like pretty much based on the concepts of war that, you know, most, most in uh, human terms, you know, not like the last century, maybe, uh, in human terms, you would kind of have things like, yeah, you'd have your intel, you'd want to do your intelligence gathering. So you'd send out your probes, uh, you send out that thing, you maybe do a couple of abductions, find out what the, uh, you know, what the general makeup of the, the, you know, dominant species on the planet is. Uh, if you want to experiment with hybrids, it seems like a, that seems like a costly endeavor. And I don't know for like much payoff. Cause it's like, you have to still survive in your spaceships. Like you would have designed your spaceships for your race, wherever you came from. But, um, it is a possibility of something like that. Um, your second stage will probably end up with logistics. Like you got to figure out how you're going to, you know, how we get in there and have energy. Like how are you going to secure energy in the solar system that you get to, um, while you're either, you know, terraforming it or you're, you're going to hang out this planet and you're going to wage a war essentially. Uh, you know, if these, if these aliens even, uh, eat food, what, what do they consume? What do they consume for energy, whether they're biologic and and that would, that would also be determined that, that, like they're, they're parked. They're parked and they're just doing their research, right? They're like, before we get down there, before we want to take these guys out, like we're going to formulate a plan. Like we're going to go, we're going to blitzkrieg these fucking guys or what are we going to do? Let's think about it. These are, this is an advanced race. They're way smarter than us. <laughs> you know how easy, it, like literally they could sit there and be like, look at these fucking guys, these schmucks and their books. And <laughs> you know, like all we got to do is like, hey, why don't we go park our ship above fucking Jerusalem and put a little fucking shining light down there. And hey, you know what? Jesus has returned. Bow down. This is what I want you to do. Use the power of our own books against us. Right? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like you do that or go to Mecca and just completely manipulate or, hey, better idea. Let's go to the States and tell them you're JFK Jr. (laughs) Right? Like they wouldn't even have to even touch boots on the ground. We got people that would do the work for them. 
<laughs> we would turn on ourselves in a fucking minute. Yeah, all of this assuming that whatever their objective is is to to somehow manipulate a small section of the population, even the you know even small. Those who are, what do we? You, so if we're going after the religious population, relatively small, relatively like small. I, if you think relatively in total in terms of the entire population of the world, I'm saying. Uh, so well, small. you could send a, not well. You could you know you, you send a few. You could cover the major religions, and you're getting you're getting well over half the planet. You got fucking Muhammad, you got Jesus, you got JFK Jr. <laughs> Who else are fucking Shiva? Like, come on. You got a couple, couple <laughs> gods from other mythologies. <sighs> fucking Zeus. Anybody believe in him anymore? I don't know. Right. I would. Um, I think I do actually. I think I'm going to take up. Hey, should we bring it back? Greek polytheism. Yeah. Should we bring it back? I think we should. It sounds like, I think we should no, bring it, it sounds back. like a fun one. I agree. That's probably the coolest one. They're not just gods. They can still come down. They can still, you know, it's, it sounds like a fun time. You have super. Yeah, you have superpowers. Bring back Zeus. You don't live that far from you know the next big city. Hey, I can climb a mountain. Can you? <laughs> yeah, Mount Olympus. I can make it. Fuck me. I can get a chance. <laughs> Need a couple Cliff Bars. Trail mix. I got it. Spot Five beers boots. and two Cliff Bars and Andrew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go biggie. I can go the distance. All right. You like that? You fucking like that? <laughs> So you're to hear this guy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, <laughs> we got to remake the movie. Animated version, but Andrew's the star. I can get Michael Hercules. Bolton on board for sure. I'm sure I, he'll, oh do, he'll do the soundtrack. Love it. Right, Where did we leave off? Um, yeah, if, if they go ahead and settle the... the uh, if they settle the logistics and they kind of be like, okay, we have all the material, we have all the energy, we have all that stuff, you know, how would they possibly deploy against us? How would they combat humans? And it's like, there's a number of ideas that out there that, uh, you know, what, what technology they could personally do. Per personally for me, probably the best one and least energy intensive is just using a kinetic and an kinetic energy weapon. Like you just use a mass accelerator. All you would have to do is just like poke. Uh, an asteroid, like you poke an asteroid and just send it down here. Yeah, but then, you'd have but then you're take. So that's assuming they don't want our planet, our resources, uh, our climate and stuff, because that uh, sending a cascading. So is that what we're working on? Is that premise that they're gonna take our atmosphere? Because then, yeah, then we have change. No, 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 like, no, I think we, we should go through it. We, yeah, we can go every angle. Right? So let's go with let's go on so. Dan's angle. So they're they don't really care. They have an unlimited timeline to take the planet. They can wipe us out through cataclysm by asteroid. Come here, poke an asteroid, send up, you know, a thousand fragmented pieces, pretty much just rendering Our humanity fucks. toast. The Earth. You just drop it on all the major cities if you really wanted to. Boys, we don't have, hey, listen, city. we don't have enough fucking oil riggers to go up there and drill in those <laughs> bastards, all right? We're fucking we got dick. some. Hey, we got some good riggers in Alberta. We do, but not enough. Nah, man, OPEC's shutting down uh, oil production right now, so it's like, there'll, there'll be some oil riggers. Oh, so that, there's a couple, oil, yeah, a couple oil, oil riggers out of a job, so yeah. they, we can send them up. We're good. We need them on yeah. standby, I think, like SWAT team. Always yeah, hopefully Aerosmith will still always be Always trained. Yeah, yeah always yeah. ready to go. <laughs> well, they're out of work now. They got fucking, you know, they're ready. They're ready to go. <laughs> uh, but probably, you know, usually the go-to would be some kind of energy manipulation weapons. If they're, again, if they're able to, to fly through the space, they probably have some type of, you know, gravity or electromagnetic manipulation technology where they could focus things. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it in fucking... Uh, uh, Japan during anime where <laughs> Andrew and I said like there's a weapon technically that's like you could 
you could manipulate the atmosphere. You could they could have something that basically like you know part like thins out the atmosphere in certain parts, and you bombard a certain area with cosmic radiation and just wipe just out fry all life. everybody. Everybody, you just fry Fucking all life, toast. and that's it. It's like a, it doesn't take that much, and you just be like whoop, and then you just open up a hole, and then you know everybody's dead. Well, yeah, and if, you're, if your goal is just complete like domination, yeah. absolutely, why not? Easy it's like if, when when you're at that technology, you know, you're at that level of technology, you know, anything's possible. But that could be that could be something like that. Or I do, they might, maybe they survive in radi- high levels of radiation too, right? Maybe they're yeah, yeah. purposely maybe that's doing their, it. Yeah, like that. Maybe that's how they live. Um, we talked about uh, Zell mentioned it earlier. Like probably uh, they wouldn't even need to come here. They might be stuff like you know von Neumann probes. It might be self replicating drones that they send here. They don't even have to get on the ground. They just send in uh, mechanical units, uh, combat drones. Just come down here. You know, it's they it could be of any size. I suppose it didn't have to be small. They could be small self replicating robots. It could be a some form of like weird goo or something that they, the microscopic nanobots that can reassemble themselves and stuff fleet like of that. Slimers coming to yeah. get us. Or the fucking nano machine thing from Gargoyles. I remember that episode. Oh, those are cool. <laughs> oh, that's a good episode. I mean, so um, so let so the, let's stay on here for a second because this is assuming let's just, this is assuming that ETs these aliens have almost like godlike power. But if you take it a little, if we drop drop it back a bit, say they're not that much more advanced than us, but they've developed a technology that can accelerate their ship to 99.97% of light speed or something. But would they need, like, that's, I was thinking about that too, but wouldn't they need some type of, like, special shielding? 100%. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, because if you if you hit a, a micrometeor going 99.7 yeah, <laughs> speed toast, of light, right? it's a nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it makes me think that they would have some type of, like, developed, Actually, because that's a shield, like, right, just developed right weaponry, right? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. 100%. So say, I'm just... I'm just taking their I'm taking their technological advances back a little bit. Uh, there's a there's a science fiction story. Uh, I think it's by Arthur, maybe Arthur C. Clarke. Where uh, no, no no it's uh, it's um, Harry Turtledove is the guy's name. Uh, he wrote a story essentially that uh, the, <laughs> imagine there's a race of aliens that developed the technology to travel faster than speed of light or as fast as speed of light, and that this technology is so ubiquitous and it's so simple that. It's like everywhere, like every race has it. And then they look at our planet and they use their advanced sensors and say, oh, there's no, they haven't developed the ability, the simple ability to manipulate space and time and uh, all of this. So they can't be that advanced. And they get down there and they've got flintlock rifles because the the ability or the, um, or, you know, the, the technology to travel faster than the speed of light is actually to them simpler than Magic Gun, pistols. Gun I think powder. we need that, boys. I think we need that. Would bring the world together. No, and right? <laughs> they just come. They coming down there with their flintlocks, and we all just like fuck these guys. <laughs> no, but I'm. Gonna, I, I got to finish this thought before I forget yeah, it because I got I got yeah, a little stone. Go. So there's there's this ET race. There, let's say they're only a few so- systems over. So let's say like twelve light years away, and their planet's been slowly collapsing, and they know it's collapsing. Earth is. Almost identical. It's like a sister planet to them. They send 50 years in advance or 30 years in advance. Like androids, androids in little probes, say they send like, I don't know, say 24. And they land here. They are perfectly, they look human. They have the ability to hack into a country's records and give themselves a SIN number, social, social security, depending on your country. They have the ability to get jobs and go to school 
and they become the best in the class. They they go to the military academies. They become generals. And then the what's the highest level of general, Dan? American Army? Like general. Like, like five-star five star general. Like who's the guy who's the guy who's like has the nuke coats besides the president? You, I mean, you'd have the and the president's like chief of staff. Like yeah. There's like a count, there's like a couple of them. <laughs> so these androids from this ET race who have been sent here, well advance of the incoming armada, let's say. They become the president, the five-star general. They got the nuke codes. They very much had and all the major armies around the world. And during this time, they've they've been here and on this time, a fleet, say like a hundred thousand of their citizens from their planet are on their way here. Most of them, they're not military really. They're hoping that this advanced team renders our defenses moot. So when they get here, they are way more advanced. They have flying craft and different, they don't have like projectile. They have some type of like plasma cannons, but they're close enough that we could shoot them down and in some with some of our weapons. So they're hoping that they knock out our systems before we get here. And when they get here, they are just enough, just advanced enough. And we have no military left that's functioning at the moment. And they take us over that way. So instead of being godlike, they're just like, say a few thousand years more advanced. That's the exact plot that's, from a few thousand the sky. years is still kind of a lot. Like 60 years was to take us from the, the, the advent of flight to being on the moon. <laughs> yeah. But, that's all. It's also pretty widely considered that there's leaps, and then it was going to it eventually over our lifetime. Probably technology will plateau. Yeah, if we can't get past the, you know, we can't get past the whole thing about like microprocessors and those things. Like and we can't even we nano, can't dissipate the heat. Yeah, even nanotech and stuff. Like it's not. It's just smaller versions of what we're already using. <laughs> really, we're not like we're getting fat. Our everything's getting faster, but we're like we're not in sixty years. I don't see us going to the next solar system or something like we're not going to keep leaping like that well that's another thing that's what they talked about a theory that just came out a little while ago that, that it might be that alien races or just civilizations in general like you reach a certain point where your civilization does plateau and either you spiral into self-destruction where you're using more energy than you can produce or you go into like a, a homeostatic like revolution and then you realize that you're you can't it, you can't, you have to live in harmony with your environment. And I'm not talking just about like nature, but just like, you know, you're, you're, you have to produce as much as you're taking and you just have to do that within your, within your Unless place. something like this <laughs> happens, right? And for whatever reason, maybe we are successful. Like fucking the 1% chance we do win and we do fend them off and we do, we are successful. All of a sudden we probably will have our hands on their technology, which we could maybe reverse engineer, right? And then maybe that's when we take our next big leap. Well, yeah, we got to cap capture the next generation of tech. Yeah, and that's it would be a fucking great way to do it, like the fucking Chitari, right? And I don't know if you'd send you your got best, vultures your best. flying around. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, but it's like. So if you send, you know, like you said, like you sent the ship that's traveling here at 99.9%, 99.7% of light, that's relativistic time. So when they get here, their civilization would have existed for like, when they have, they would have been there for a long time. Like they'd have 99 years to yeah, come down with big old beards. That's how we win. They come on, they're all geriatric. No, no, no. I'm talking about asses. their planet. I'm talking oh, about their okay. planet. By the time okay. they determine. The planet's toast. They think. Yeah. So like they're, they're not bringing anything. They're just like they're bringing just their ships. Like their they're bringing population. just their whatever's left of their population. That's all. It's they have to. They got no other options. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that could be. It's a possible scenario. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. 
It's like uh, District 9 or whatever, like prawns. The prawns come down here and they want to take up the place and then we're extremely racist and xenophobic and we fucking end up ruining any chance we have with the extraterrestrial civilization. <laughs> well, I mean, not quite, but they're going to get here. There's still going to be a huge war. And like Andrew said, we're going to beat them. We're going to get their tech. Gotta we're going to reverse engineer it. Some of their faction, though, will turn and they'll realize what they're doing trying to annihilate Earth is the wrong thing. Then we yeah, get some of them on our side. And then we have, because we have some of them with us, now we're on an equal playing field. And now we have right. the last, the final the chapter, the big, the big battle, the last, oh, yeah. last battle. Right. And oh, yeah. then the last you, night, Transformers, the last night. And then you grab Lana Wilson by the throat and you punch her android face in. <laughs> Toast. Toast. <laughs> if you get the reference, it's maybe the greatest audio sci-fi. <laughs> I've said it before. Uh, that's, that's the exact plot from Fear of the Sky. <laughs> it's such a good audio drama. Like, what's well, an audio book? But the guy who narr- narrates it is so good. Yeah, it's it's always it's always interesting to think about this. And I I'm always of the opinion that the literature and media has tricked us into thinking that we would actually have a chance. Like, there's no Dan. I think zero chance. We can do it. Absolutely. Oh, you guys are perpetuating we, the propaganda now. Band, you guys are the propaganda machine. We band, band together, Dan. You need to accept your place in the takes universe. All it is a good fucking speech. <laughs> right, that's right. It does. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Start a speech a given morning. on the 4th of July. A good in speech given on the 4th of July. Aircraft will join others from world. around the world. Yes. Keep going. And you will be yep. launching the largest aero battle in history of mankind. Getting everybody jacked. Yeah. yeah. Everyone starts crying a little bit. They're, you know, their yeah. hearts racing. Gripping their their flight helmets. Like, we do have a secret yeah. weapon. We do have a secret <laughs> weapon. If I've learned anything from the movies, aliens cannot handle punches to the face. Cannot. <laughs> Jim Brown, Mars Attacks. Yeah. How many fucking aliens did he have? They have we just punched him punch a couple times, didn't he? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Him. Will Smith, one shot. Yeah, that's true. They have Welcome weak there, right? fucking cheekbones. They Welcome do. They got really soft jaws. Weak chins. Yeah. Starch and aliens. Fucking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uppercutting the predator. There you go. See? Punch alien. Yeah. We don't even sure. need weapons. We just need to punch faces. Maybe <laughs> that's punch the thing. Punch faces like, and power loaders. <laughs> maybe for whatever reason, maybe for whatever reason in their culture and wherever they've conquered, whatever, they show up and their severe like intellect and technology is enough to succ- like to succumb the other population. Like they dropped in there, he's like, hey, we're no chance, whatever. Maybe they've just maybe they don't even really have a concept of violence. Well, I mean, that you right? can, if it and then they come like here, that. and it's all we know. That's it. We watch it on TV. We love it. It's all we want. Mm-hmm. That's um, it. We love yeah. it. it. It could be something like that, or just, just like yeah, they could use these technology, or they could use some type of biological weapon. I'm talking like not even, not even like like COVID, know, Dan. Uh, yes. Not like COVID because like COVID. It's like, not no. even like COVID, but worse like than COVID, COVID, I would assume. Um, that's always been my big problem with some of these things. It's like, why wouldn't, if you, if you have all this data on humans, you have all these hybridizations, you have all those things, like you would, you would probably be pretty familiar with the anatomy and the physiology of the human species. So if you really just wanted to wipe them out, like you would just have to release some type of, you know, pathogen or something, even a chemical, like you could just, you could synthesize some type of chemical that would just either like disrupt just the, would disrupt your brain, like disrupt the activity Essential in your brain. Nervous system. Yeah, and, and you just, just drop dead. I mean, it'd be yeah. like sarin nerve gas, but it would just be like, you know, harmless to everything else. And then just be like, yeah, whatever. You're dead. Circulate it through the atmosphere. And then it- and then and How much would you, you need know, though? I've always wondered this because I've, I've had this thought before. So if you wanted to poison the atmosphere with some gas to kill everyone, 
Like, how many spaceships are bringing this fucking gas here? Like, how much are you I pumping in? I mean, we just said, like, it was spaceships. like an entire planet. Like, <laughs> no, no, you just need a bunch of fucking big old blow up things, like on Thanksgiving, like Batman, <laughs> right? And they spray the gas out, the laughing gas, and they fucking right. get everybody. Wait out for that Macy's Day parade. No, yeah, what, exactly. no what you got to Thanksgiving parade. <laughs> what you want to do if you want to be really successful, you really want to get this virus into their body. First, you create a a virus that's mild for most, but can be very severe and deadly for some, causing the world to trigger a mass vaccination campaign, where then you infiltrate the vaccination plants, you implant a more deadly virus inside the vaccine, but it doesn't work right away. It takes two, Slow. three, four, five years. People start dropping. People start questioning their, your own systems. We start crumbling from the inside. And as the world collapses, from chaos and everyone dying from the slow-acting death in the vaccine, then you just take over. Simple. You give me, you give me chest pain, man. <laughs> this is what's happening. This, anxiety attack here. This is what could be happening right now. I love sending people. You can have a few. You can have a few of those. Uh, your unvaccinated friends being like, "I fucking yeah. told you." See, I'm alive, I'm bitch. Told you so, I'm alive, man. and then they get vaporized by the alien anyway. So in the end, it didn't matter. I had a fucking buddy that was unvaccinated and he was like offering to sell his sperm. He's <laughs> like, you guys are all fucking... You're gonna be sterile. Yeah, you're sterile. Sell my sperm for $10,000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, all right, well, uh, I mean uh, if it, it was sterile, I'd think about it, but then you got to pass on those genes. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, there was more ways that... let's. I want to get more into how humans could possibly fight back or some other theories, but my beer's empty. Conscious of the face. We've got to take a short break and we're going to be right back. All right. We're talking about other ways we could fight back. Yes. And, you know, our, our primary go-to would be swift consecutive punches to the face. Absolutely. Well, yeah. just you got to think, like, what happens? What it, There's a small chance, but what happens to these people? Like we talk about, they don't know violence. Maybe they've <laughs> never been struck in the face. And they come in there and they're like, listen, <laughs> you fucking human scum. Like, bow, bow down. down. We're way smarter than you. We're better at all this fucking technology and fucking word papers and numbers and all these fucking <laughs> things. We're way better. And then you just fucking crack them. <laughs> just crack that motherfucker in the face. And he's like, oh! Like, just, you know, got a little bleed. You know, he's got a little blood coming. Oh! And that's it. And they just run back. He's to got, he's got weak right cheekbones and a really soft jaw. Yeah, man. <laughs> and their whole existence has been... They've never had close combat. They never had martial arts. They've always had like long range fighting. And then all you have to do to beat them is you got to get in close. And also, also because they have never had any physical combat, they don't lift weights. They're really weak. They're like a five year old. So you can, if you get in close, you can start tossing them. Boys, if we're if we're getting in fist fights with five year olds, we're winning all day. You can take a lot of five year olds before you get a tired. Ton of five year olds. <laughs> I would clear a room. <laughs> I'm not even that much taller than a five-year-old, and I'd beat the. You could grab a five-year-old like a nunchuck and just start swinging him around, just taking oh, everybody. Buddy, out. I'd be Michelangelo with those fucking things with those five-year-olds. No problem, dude. Cowabunga. Uh, so is assuming there's they don't have any physical skill, they're super weak. This might be our best option if they get in. If they get in close, you just got to get in close before they can use their plasma rifles and whatever else they have. long-range tech they have. They don't have anything close. I would be right. the first guy getting plasma. <laughs> just try it, big old, just a sucky, just sucky them. <laughs> Quick sucker punch, then I get plasma. Rifle. They see it yeah. coming. That's all she wrote. Yeah, or you get killed by their giant 
robot guards that they just like yeah. take out. They're just like, yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> it's going to fucking spike my face. Like, the like yes, we all. evolved past physical altercations, but uh, that's why we designed these guys and this fucking 10 foot <laughs> robot jack Sasquatch robots come out. <laughs> fucking, oh no. <laughs> now we're fucked then. Uh, but then uh, we get, we got fucking Sasquatch. We got a real Sasquatch. <laughs> We, we but they're like, they're, like cro- they're like chrome Sasquatches because they're aliens because they're from space. So they're like, yeah, but real like the OG metal. Sasquatch will take. They, they all Maybe clone from do. the OG. He comes out with his yeah. fucking. His, his, uh, what the fuck's the thing? Equip the his championship Sasquatch. belt. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Flying elbow drop. Uh, <laughs> oh fucking! Just leg drop. Yeah. Done. Um, so yeah, if if we were going to have any chance of perhaps even formulating up something close to a resistance of to, to alien invaders, it probably it would probably depend a lot on our time for preparation. So that would also be determined by our early warning systems. So we do have stuff in place that's kind of like that right now. Right now we use them for primarily for um, near earth objects, you know, NEOs, uh, like for asteroids and things like that. So we have a lot, there's a large catalog of objects that are being tracked by NASA and other um, in, in, you know, in cooperation with... That's why we uh, have those oil driggers on standby. Always. Yes. Yeah, always, always. always. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith is always on call. Uh, or, or a cover band if they're not there, if one of them's sick or something. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, what an example of this would probably be NASA's Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer, WISE, which was uh, built... I think it was put up there in 2004, and it did a whole bunch of cool stuff out there. There's a, a, took a bunch of pictures, which they're still actually going through the data of those things right now, like infrared pictures that they took while it was up there. And then they re, they put it to sleep and they reactivated it and repurposed it to essentially just scan the skies for these, uh, you know, help scan the skies for these near-Earth objects. But if you had a ship, you know, per, you know potentially an alien ship that is moving towards Earth and it's large enough and it's slow enough, uh, you could probably pick it up on one of those telescopes or one of those, uh, uh, like, yeah, one of those. Um, and so you're hoping probably, all right, if you, if you're thinking like, okay, what is the most effective weapon that we have right now? Most you know, devastating. In terms of the destruction, the most face? devastating. Oh yeah. The nukes, baby. It's going to be nukes, right? We're going to have nukes. Uh, that's probably going to be our best bet on, you know, outside of the atmosphere. That's pretty much what you got. You know, you got atomic weapons with high payloads and whatever, and you can launch these things into space. And you're kind of hoping that, you know, the time that it takes to get one of these spaceships, it's like just to get the rocket out of the atmosphere and towards one of these things and hoping that they're not tracking them. You know, it's like they're not moving. (laughs) The good thing about nukes is we could shoot so many at once. Yeah, but it would take like hours to get to a place. Well, yeah, let's say we have, but they're always, they're on standby. They're in their silos primed because we have this long range detection. We know they're there. They've been primed for months. They can fire at any time. It's not that, it's not that long to get from launch to space. It's like the, what if you watch, if you watch. Even minutes is a long time though. It is minutes. You got to imagine (laughs) that these nukes would be coming from everywhere too, right? Every direction. Like you got to hope that at this point in time, at this point in time, as a human race, we've got the tribe mentality. We got to defeat the aliens. We've banded together. We have to. It's our only hope. We listen to the fucking speeches. It's our independence day. It's independence day in (laughs) fucking Russia too and in China. All right. I, there's Pullman, a fuck, couple Pullman. nukes on there's right. a couple nukes on Vancouver Island, so we're in too. Trudeau's in. Right? <laughs> it's fucking these nukes are coming from everywhere. Hopefully. Yeah. You would hope. Yeah. 
So you're hoping that they can get close enough to to be able to do some type of damage and that the aliens don't have some type of energy manipulation weapon where they could therefore just like stop the chain reaction just of a new no. and just yeah, they could just be like, no. <laughs> just oh, hoping man. that that doesn't happen. That'd be so, so deflating. We're like, well, we're fucked. That's the only time they could really, that nukes would probably be at their most effective is outside of atmosphere. Because once you start launching them, you know, within the atmosphere, we'd have problems. Because, well, yeah, I mean, they would be a fucking damage. You'd have to worry about all that. They stuff, would be effective know. for the very first few strikes <laughs> in yeah, the atmosphere. <laughs> Say they, once they figured it out, though, then they're like, oh, maybe one might do something. But then again, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that would probably be the things. And you'd probably have to hope like, you know, even in the future, I mean, there's a concept that was come up by a like a bunch of crazy Soviet scientists, like back in the day, um, where they had like armed space stations. Like that was the idea. Um, you mm, know, originally it was probably smart. like, well, we're going to put them up there. It's like, no, but no, we're not going to let you put nukes in space. Cause you're just going to launch them down at earth. No, they're here for the aliens only. No, for the aliens, aliens man. bro. Yeah, sure, 100%. buddy. Uh, sure, Ivan, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, if we had something like an orbital, if we had orbital defense platforms, maybe, like around the moon or something, or stationed on the moon, I suppose. Uh, you could have something like that, like they had an Independence Day 2, where you have like a, a space station on the moon that's got, you know, orbital defenses, or, you know, sometimes you see in science fiction, it's like there's a whole ring around uh, Earth, like in Starship Troopers, there's like mm. a whole entire orbital ring of planetary defense cannons or something like that. You, you de- hopefully we might have something like that. Might have a chance. Might also be just, uh, you know, uh, a risk of collateral damage because once they blow that up, all those giant pieces would come spiraling down to Earth and cause a cascading <laughs> effect of satellite destruction. Uh, just it would super suck. Yeah, um, riddling the planet. Super suck. Uh, so you're, yeah, you're have you have those, uh, you know, uh, once they get inside our atmosphere, stuff's going to get a little bit more dodgy. Um, you probably have stuff like probably our best things right now, um, that you could rely on. You probably have something like a kinetic energy weapon. We do have those like a rail gun. Like they do are, now, don't they? Not, those are fucking they're not cool. Just, yeah, I think I think they might. I don't know if they still have one commissioned. I know I, I'm pretty sure they took apart the one that they had mounted on a U.S. Navy ship. That's the one uh, I've seen before. Yeah, that one. I, I mean, they still have problems like the the kinetic energy weapons from. I mean, that we know of right now. Even that one had its own problems, like maintenance cost and you know keeping it up and running and just like the 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 way the materials like keeping the materials maintained was difficult and these things so you're kind of hoping that you know if, if we had one of those shot if we could shoot one of those out that might be something that we could uh you know if if you're accelerating a certain object to a certain speed at that speed there's nothing really they could do about it yeah you know? that speed um, even a small projectile like whatever they go in the eight thousand kilometers an hour yeah you're just, launching like a fucking <sighs> rod you know iron rod at them and that fucking mock 1,000 or whatever, 100. Yeah, just go through everything. There's <laughs> uh, probably not much they can do about it. Uh, and you're hoping that they don't have some type of force field technology or something like that. Uh, it, and so that is one concept, like that we do have rail guns. That could be a possible thing. And we might, you know, if, if we had the world, if the early warning system was effective, we might have time to develop, you know, an effective thing. You know, if you pooled all the resources in the world, maybe to to put we together have a something. Very stuff, effective, you, yeah. like out of atmosphere defense. We have a, well, a dope it'd be interesting though because you have that year, and then all of a sudden, all these like countries with their secret technology starts coming to light. Hey, <laughs> actually, all of a sudden they're they're firing up fucking harp and just firing it at the aliens. Let's throw some tornadoes out. Let's launch the power of our planet at the space aliens. Space tornadoes, yeah, like, yeah space uh, tornadoes. <laughs> Suck on that, boys. Um, 
So we we do have access to things like drones. Like we could use drones, perhaps um, uh, if they're you know stealth drones, depending you know, hoping that they're they have they have rate they use radar technology, I guess, and hoping that their their uh, their detection systems work on the same principles as ours. You could you could drop a couple drones at them. Um, one of the most advanced ones that I know of right now is the Falcon HTV2, um, which was uh, launched in 2010. And this one was actually a hypersonic aircraft that was developed uh, between DARPA and the Air Force, I believe. And they had it recorded at hitting Mach 20. Mach 20. shit. And this one, so I mean, essentially that's traveling from New York City to LA in about 15 minutes. Oh, how, how fast, fast is. is that kilometers per hour? Mach 20. <laughs> 6,600 or 6,860 meters per second. 6.8 K a second. Holy shit. Jesus. So, you know, we'd be hoping, you know, mostly on speed. Like, you'd be hoping to arm this thing up and then be able to, to hit it and run, I assume. is because you'd just be able to, to drop yeah, a payload. and be fine. We get fucking Maverick driving that fucking thing. <laughs> Um, we do have a form, like I, uh, we were talking before, aliens possibly having some type of energy manipulation technology. Technically, we have that too. We do have lasers. 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 Are um, they've been around since the fucking 90s. Uh, and we have things like uh, probably one of the ones, uh, or one of the more interesting ones I came across was one called the Iron Beam. Mm. The Iron Beam, uh, which is a technology, uh, if you're familiar with the Iron Dome technology of Israel, um, this is the counterpart to it. It just laser based essentially, and it is a, a directed energy weapon defense system that they unveiled at a Singapore air show in, in February of 2014. And this one is. Uh, <laughs> Most of the weapons, like laser weapons, they're cool. They're super neat and they are super effective, but only at short ranges, like within a mile, maybe like a couple oh, miles, really? like one to five miles, probably is yeah, what you're going to well, they, they, <laughs> they said the iron beam could be have a range up to 7K, but that's still not very far. Right. Like I said, so it's like one, like they're most effective at one to five kilometers, like one to five miles, miles. I think. Is this nah, boys, we, need a, we need a fucking Death Star. <laughs> yeah, right. We gotta be fucking blasting these fuckers like Alderaan. Well, isn't it because when lasers first came out and what, just like just post war, like the very first like lab lasers, then they got into sci-fi. Lasers were the hot, the hot, uh, hot weapon. That was the ticket. Like lasers are the are the yeah. weapons of the aliens, and then we realized that the functionality at lasers drastically yeah, drops off need, at range. You need a massive amount of power yeah. to get to get them going, especially if you want a laser that's powerful enough to be, you know, a Death Star laser beam, you're going to need a, an enormous full power sun source. sun worth of power. <laughs> you can need a fuckload. Um so then they switched instead of the lasers like sci-fi went to like uh like plasma photon beams and like different stuff. More, right, more and there's like different types of there's different types of lasers. There's like different types that do like they, they depend on like a liquid kind of thing, and then there's other ones that are gas, kind of like a gas type of laser. Uh, and um, I think like we we have ones that you can mount, and pretty much you have to mount them on ships. Like you can't really uh, mount them on ships or like stable platforms. They're not extremely mobile or anything like that. And you're hoping, I mean, even this is, is you can't just throw one yeah, on the jeep. Yeah, and just like blast away at, at things. But uh, they are Zell's effective. Old Tacoma. They got on Afghanistan, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, yeah, buddy. Oh, that thing had upgraded uh, leaf suspension. On. I think but, they carried a lot. But the lasers that we do have are pretty cool. Like, I think they're pretty neat. That's like, uh, they had one 
another one in 2014 that the U.S. started field testing. And this one was a 30-kilowatt directed laser weapon, and it's called the ANSEC-3 laser weapon system. And it's mounted on a ship, and essentially you can direct it, and they use it to like take out um, like small they said. It was like, craft. <laughs> right, small. Like you can aim it at a, a ship's motor or something like that and just like zoop. Like just zap it out, and it's like that's when oh, it's cool, most effective. Man. They said it's you can't. They said it's not really effective against like people, like moving tar, like like those kinds of targets, like people. But they said like you know stuff that's like kind of large, kind of stationary targets. They'd be like, yeah, it's, it's you can hit it with so much awesome. energy that it could just melt a hole through anything. Right, much. you just like melt a hole in it, or like aircraft, or like stuff like you use on like a helicopter, uh, melting like vital uh, mechanical parts and things like that. You know, turbines, whatever, and it's just like. Like it's, I mean, they're pretty cool. They're pretty neat. But in terms of if you're going to use them against an alien, uh, like an alien ship or something, I don't know. <laughs> Not yet. Like, Unless they have some classified uh, new laser tech. Which right. is more portable. I mean, extremely powerful lasers. I mean, lasers are super neat. I didn't think people like understand, like you can knock out like 20 missiles within like a couple seconds, like just like. Well, yeah. The, and then, you know, if you have a Well, I mean, it's, yeah, laser. it's traveling at the speed of light. So it's so easy to lock it's much easier to lock on i guess with a something that's yeah. going at three hundred thousand meters a second yeah it's, <laughs> yeah if you're hoping that they that they have like projectile weapons but it's like yeah most likely they it's some type of energy weapon that you're just gonna be like oh shit <laughs> uh, again this is this is all assuming that aliens are not gods yeah, they're not. Well, they're not. I like Independence Day. Fucking giant laser beam weapons. Just full whatever. force field. Can nothing gets through. Yeah. But I mean, we seen um, we seen the Independence Day. We get a craft. Yeah, we still beat them. We still beat them. Still beat them. Like we said, we're we getting did. close. We did. Yeah, but we had the Pullman speech. Like so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Replicate it. If if the the aliens went boots on ground, so if they got past all that and they managed to you know get down onto Earth and it became some type of uh, you know that they're assuming that they're object one of their objectives was either the enslavement slash annihilation of the human species and they haven't already done it yeah we would probably be reduced to guerrilla warfare at that point it'll probably be our best bet you know uh which is like you know you see that most things what was that one um just jumping aliens as they drive down the street Boys, well what was that what was that one movie uh, predator one style dutch yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. Um, was it Falling Skies? Falling Skies uh, was a TV series, and it's kind of like that. It's like you just be, you know, hitting, hopefully hitting strategic targets and things like this, and you know, asymmetric warfare that you'd be like flying under the radar. Hopefully, you know, all of our all of our major military things would be gone. You'd just be basically just small pockets of people uh, uh, fighting back at some point, but it's still. <laughs> Yeah, it's still at that point. Once we've gotten to that, I, I'm pretty sure that we'd be uh, we'd be SOL. We're pretty much toast that if that happens. <laughs> uh, it's just, and it's a matter of like you know, maybe we could settle our differences with uh, maybe communication. Like you know, maybe if I okay, so uh, let's assume let's let's move past. I would I would suggest that we move past the uh, you know the 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 doomsday scenarios and and perhaps maybe. Maybe the aliens come in peace. Maybe if we they move on, like maybe love. benevolent contact. If you're saying like like that, you know, and getting past the the con the the ideas that maybe we have, we've overcome the idea of how to communicate with these aliens. You know, we figured out a way, whether it's mathematical or tonal or speech based or something like that. Uh, you know, universal translator that they have. You know, some type of technology they have to that they've they've been here. Uh, 
before. Or they've been here before and they've studied us and they've been like, They okay, are is, us. We figured out how the language works. So um, <laughs> like, um, I always forget, I always find that kind of fascinating is like how they would, how they would choose to communicate with us. I mean, right now, like SETI and, you know, other, uh, other, uh, what was the other one that there's the, the counterpart to it. That's like sending out active messages. Um, yeah, can they stop that? Yeah, <laughs> take it easy <laughs> here, boys. Well, shit? you could just hope that the the aliens, because there's probably a good chance that they won't understand anything that we're sending. You know, you can hope that they, you know, they have they could, they could have some type of uh, even though that they're sending up their messages that are basically kind of like mathematical based. Um, yeah, like wow, weird man, we got this message um, here. Let's listen to it. What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, again. Uh, there were, I know I read an article about a couple scientists when they sent out their first message. It was essentially an entire message of like teaching an entire language, like not English, not whatever, but like a mathematics based language, um, you know, but also have symbols and stuff and being able to, to kind of tell them about Earth, you know, tell aliens. A civilization like what our planet it's like, is. What, where it's, it's like located. we printed those gold records on the Voyagers, right? And how to respond and like told us like you know where we are and like hey if you want to send a message back like hit us up like this is where we're at. This is what we, this is what we use. <laughs> yeah, it's our email. Um, this is our hotty sixty nine at hotmail. This is our ASL. Yeah. Hit me up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to assume that check out my yeah, my page. You'd have to my, assume my, that they're able to pick those things up, <laughs> and that they, you know, the the signals that we send out are in, are totally attenuated into shit by the time they get to. A couple light years away. Um, Let's just hope they don't use Android because then we can't talk to them. Yeah, that's that true. Green fucking bubble shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's green for Martians. You know, that's what they use. It's probably what they still, use. I can't do it. <laughs> just ghost them. Nah, you don't. You don't got the special bubble, bro. Um, Forget it. I mean, yeah, we could hope that they're here. Like benevolently, you could have, you know, you hope they're the Autobots that we mm-hmm. run into the Autobots, the good robots instead of the the Decepticons. They get here or, first know? before the Decepticons, or even like a Superman scenario. You know, it's like you have an alien land here, and he's gone. You know, they yeah, they look like us. You know, well, what but they're here he lands to help in us. Russia. Oh, right. Then he become, well, I mean, you What's still had good intentions from the start. Like, <laughs> yeah. We got Red Sun. I don't want to deal with Red Sun. Why don't you put the whole world in a bottle? Like, <laughs> like wait. So there's a version of Superman where he's Russian. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a one yeah, shot run. Yeah, it's yeah. called Red Sun. There's like a one shot. Oh, does he about, turn bad? No, he just he's just in Russia. He's just Russian. He's, he's Russian just Russian Superman. Superman. <laughs> yeah, think about that for a bit. Let that marinate. I mean, his his ideologies and his but and he's his still super, like for, it's the same person. He's just in Russia. Yeah, he's still Superman. He still has all the Superman powers. Or is like all is, his, is there Russian Superman and then there's American Superman and they got a rock. Well, America power. makes Bizarro at that point. Like Lex uh, Luthor engineers a, a Bizarro. But Bizarro turns out good. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they don't have their a big Rocky showdown. Rocky Four. Uh, I mean, there is a showdown between oh, yeah. Lex Luthor and and Superman. But yeah, it's mm. it's a really good. It's I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty considered one of the better Superman stories. It's it's my favorite. Superman yeah, story. it's a really it's a really cool concept. Um, and it's it's well done. Uh, but yeah, like you could hope it's some type of Superman scenario. They come down or Martian Manhunter. Like they just come down here and they they just want to hang out and eat Oreos and you know like. <laughs> It's just what they want to do and blend in. Um, uh, I mean, possibly like they just want to, like us sending out messages to communicate with them. Maybe it's a it's a contact scenario, right? With Jodie Foster, uh, mm. that they send us a message on how to build uh, a communications platform that will allow us to communicate with them. With like them. give us give us instructions. That's basically what we're doing now. Maybe it's just the opposite, you know, on their side. They send us something that we're able to communicate with them or, you know, able to teleport us into to where they are located. 
essentially. You're you're hoping that. Um, I, I I always find it hard to to conceive some of these ideas because it's like you have to assume so much about where these aliens come from, hoping that their their language is is even anywhere close to ours, not just you know in the way that we speak, you know, grammatically, but like completely like. Um, one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, like Darmok, Darmok and Jalad, where it's like maybe their entire their entire language is based on metaphors. It's all metaphorical. And if you don't understand the metaphors, if you don't understand like the context of the situation of what they're speaking of, then you have no idea what they're talking You'll about. You'll just never be able to figure yeah. it out. Oh, we, we won't, you know, it'll be difficult without, you know, without instructions. the same things they experience. Or instructions. You know? so, yeah. They, they, <laughs> so, they send us the translation dictionary. Uh. You know, hoping, even hoping that, yeah, that they, they can do something like that or they, they care enough to be. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you can really say that I think alien invasions, for the most part, uh, the idea of an alien invasion is something that uh, when, when you talk to people, at least when I talk to people about alien invasions, it, it kind of tells you a lot about what a person is and what they first, their first conceptions of what an alien invasion would look like. Because... An alien invasion, you know, for the longest time has always been about the fear of the unknown. It's about something coming back, you know, reaching out there and having something come back. Come back. And then it's treating you and like a like a hyper version of humanity is what most people conceive it. That they're gonna come here, strip all their resources and all this. That it is something that is the worst part of us. Yeah, we always and that that is natural. We attach we attach the human condition to the ET invasion. But what, so, the one thing I've always thought, like we we don't talk about, like we always talk about like these different dimensions and stuff, but we never really talk about what they are. Like we we understand, like we have the four dimensions. We have like the spatial dimensions, the length, the width, and the depth, the time. So we have the four dimensions. But then if you go with, which is one of the more popular theories of the last 50 years, like string theory, they say there's 10 dimensions. And dimensions five through 10 are just all the other strings of reality, past and future, and all other probabilities. And in those dimensions, our laws of physics may not have anything to do with theirs. So the, the last theory of an ET, not necessarily an invasion, but like an overlap, is these ETs are interdimensional, and they actually cannot really react with or interact with us. You see them in dreams, or maybe they abduct you, you see the light being or whatever it is, but it's not, maybe it's not so much physical. Like they are trying to reach from theirs in because they're more. Well, that's what they said. Like, so, like Carl Sagan did in the one, like, uh, you know, he talks about like talking about another, a being from another dimension interacting with our dimension is like having like a piece of paper and like lowering that piece of paper. Like if you push it through like a three dimensional space, a 2D object, like you won't see mm-hmm. anything or you might see like the tiniest little tiniest little line of like whatever of the paper of the piece of paper um you know in your three-dimensional space like you won't be able to really see it um you know depending on what our uh you know in the how our perception works and being like yeah you might not be able to to interact with them necessarily it's just like it just see little bits and pieces of this other universe perhaps <laughs> well that's kind of like some of the people they all like they're trying to smash particles in, into each other in CERN right and one of the theories of string theories, if you were to smash these particles at such a speed, at, so at such an energy, they would create a mini back black hole. And if the energy got too, the energy was too great, it would cause like a vacuum decay, causing a 
gravitational bubble faster than the speed of light, instantly destroying our planet. <laughs> in the very one in 10 trillion chance they could do it. Yeah. But there, that's like one of string theory. Like if you could crash these particles at such a speed, they say that is a way to like merge the R4 and the other five dimensions. Bananas. Uh. I think there would be a lot more energy that required. Well, to right, do right now, the, right <laughs> now, they're obviously is. they're like you can't do it. We can't do it right now. There's no way. We don't have the energy to do it. But if you go with string theory, I mean, string theory is obviously debated. It's really hard to prove, but it does tie up a lot of ends. The other stuff doesn't, and then leaves other ends untied uh, that we know about. So having so instead of an ET invasion, that physical, we give them human traits. They're destructive. They have advanced tech. They take us over. Maybe these things. Maybe they are not. They're not good or bad. They are just there. Well, that <laughs> this is one of my one of my favorite ideas of an alien invasion or an alien civilization existing is there. It's the uh, the characterization of a certain civilization. There's there's a civilization from the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe, and they're called the Necrons. Basically, they're a civilization that evolved to the point where they no longer need physical flesh, but what they do is they encase their bodies. Um, kind of like is a, a thing like they evolved on a planet where like it was bombarded by like galactic like cosmic radiation all the time like they didn't have an atmosphere they had to live underground and their lifespans were super short so they evolved they developed the technology to essentially like encase their conscious consciousness within like robot bodies that's dope so so they have these robot bodies that last for thousands and thousands of years all this thing they're involved in an entire intergalactic war uh, that like spans entire galaxies and whatever. And they, you know, they fight this war with other civilizations that are, you know, equal to them or whatever at some point. And uh, you know, they pretty much get to a point where they're like, well, we can't beat them. So <laughs> let's just go to, let's just go to sleep. Sleep time. So they just go to sleep uh, inside these, these huge facilities, which they build inside of stars. So they build these little things inside of the stars because like they've, you know, they've got technology up to the point where it's like they can manipulate time and space. They're like, gods. Like they're, they're, yeah, they can do whatever. Um, so they build these little like tombs inside of stars. And then when, you know, when they decide to wake up, it's really funny because they wake up and now, you know, millions and millions of years they wake up and they're like, they're all of these civilizations that are like, inferior to them humans and you know other aliens and whatever like they're all over the place and they're like get these fucking kids off my lawn what are you doing why are you touching all my things you know it's just really funny having like a it's a very old man like what are you goddamn kids doing on my lawn and they all wake up and they just start fucking they cool just fucking shit up it's just hilarious like i think it's just they fun look like skeletons yeah they, they do. They look like big metal skeletons they're basically space mummies like they're yeah. <laughs> ridiculous yeah. um and they wake up and they're just like, get off my lawn. <laughs> or, you know, they have something where like, you know, you have a civilization that's been manipulating some type of object and they're like using it for all kinds of crazy purposes, like basically imprisoning, imprisoning people or, uh, you know, an alien race or something inside of a temporal loop prison. It's like they're just reliving. The, it's basically Groundhog Day. Uh, every, but they're doing it for 10,000 days. But they can they can basically create a pocket universe within a little thing. And like one of them kind of takes it and is like, they're like, you don't know the true power of this thing. He's like, what? It's like, I invented this. <laughs> it's like, of course I know it's true power. I was there when I invented it. And it's like, you know, it's, you know, the, the people try to think about like the aliens being in the same kind of neighborhood as us. Like the, the universe is, 
billions of years old. And it's the big. galaxies that existed outside of us are billions of years older than ours. Our star is relatively young and it's not even the most common type of star out there. Like there are other stars like white, is it white dwarves? Like white dwarves are like the most more stable type of, you know, stars or things like our red dwarves. Um, you know, that are out there that could possibly have planets that support life and have been around for billions of years. And, um, you know, life can, but the cool thing is that life could take a whole bunch of different forms in that time. I mean, you look at the, 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 just on earth, like look at the different types of, uh, types of life that have been the dominant species, like not just, you know, fish at one point, it's been very dinosaurs, dinosaurs, huge, huge mammals or whatever. And then like where we are and just, you know, for the advent of, you know, nothing more than really luck in most of the point, like dinosaurs would probably still be here if they didn't get smacked by one or two asteroids. Like, <laughs> yeah, they got fucking, they got fucked uh, up. They got a raw deal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to think about that and also terrifying at the same time, but it's one know, of the most, put, the most fun topics to theorize about. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's, it's, there's, it's endless really. Cause you, yeah, you can go with the age of the universe, the, the span of the universe, just how, <clears throat> how much, like how many planets could harbor life. You can go through the Drake equation. You can do that. You could get numbers from zero to every solar system has life. And then, yeah. but then it's, it is hard to justify, like, oh, yeah, the length, the distance traveled, all this stuff. And you also have to think that the universe is still expanding. Ever expanding. So it's like and accelerating. ever expanding. And accelerating. So it's like even if they launched out to get, yeah, it's getting faster. So even if they launched to get to us, like they'd still be trying to get here. Well, and that, well that's um, why I find it know. super interesting if we look beyond what we know about just regular reality. Like if you start looking at the string theory and those other, you know, super string theory that have different dimensions and stuff overlaps and you see weird orbs and that orb is, it's not even here. You're just getting a glimpse through a to a different place or something. So maybe aliens, they're not even physical like us at all. They they live on a different, a different density. They are light. What we would consider like light, like some spectrum of light, maybe that spectrum of light in a different reality with a different set of physical properties actually harbors life. <laughs> like then you can get fucking, you can get real crazy. And I could. I mean, you're, I you're only limited by your imagination exactly. and these kinds of things. Like it's all speculation at this point. We don't have any hard data to go on, um, you know. And it might end up being a fact that it's like, yeah, the dominant life form out there is some type of like, you know, planetary wide slime mold, like just <laughs> like single single cell life, like that just <laughs> that just takes over plants and just lives there. Uh, it's fungus an, of some type or something. It's intelligent it in its own way. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't even have to be intelligent. It's just like yeah, it's just maybe life is common. It's but, perfectly you know, like, adapted to take over all yeah, life. Just sits there. It's the know, flood, it's, and it's slowly well, it just, taken it over. Just sits there. <laughs> just like it's happy to be where it is. It's just like yeah, this is this is what I do now. Um, I live on a planet. I, I grow just consume here. I consume and I, everything. And I, hang, <laughs> and I hang out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it lives in harmony with its environment. Maybe you know, who knows? Like the just produces its photosynthetic just like lives in harmony with its star and, and that's how it's going to be <laughs> uh, I just hope so that yeah, there is an alien invasion they're not the godlike ones we got a chance we got a fighting chance yeah, as long as we can punch them <laughs> as long as we can face, punch them we'll we yeah, got a chance I'd, yeah if anybody ever like is if you're ever worried about it or think about it I mean there's again the the fascination with the idea of an alien invasion been around for 
120 years. So go back. There's tons of books. I would suggest reading War of the Worlds. Like it's great. Like it's a great, uh, it's a great book. It's an OG. Um, it's a fun story. And there's tons of other books out there that are, are really good um, about just having the concept of any, I, I am pretty much any concept that you can think of an alien invasion. Somebody has written a really cool book about it. <laughs> it's Humans have great imaginations. Um, we do. And it's, it's like, I think yeah. it's the most fun. Yeah. I think uh, I'll probably mention them because people are going to probably ask, like read like Childhood's End by Orson, Orson Scott Card? Arthur C. Clarke. Um, Childhood's End is a really good one if people want a real crazy one to get get with and things like that. And just, you know, what's what's out there? And we're going to keep looking. So it's we're like always it's always looking. fun to come back always. here. And, you know, there's always going to be bad movies about... Uh, alien invasions and whatnot. And there's going to be good movies about them. Like Prey. Prey was a good movie. (laughs) I still haven't seen it. Um, Yeah. And you know, and the theories will keep evolving. People will challenge string theory and maybe a different theory will take root that makes a little more sense. It's not going to end. In our life, people always think, oh, we've discovered everything. We know. No, we don't. We don't fucking know. We're still looking. Like it's still going to, and if, you know, if some type of, you know, evidence, hard evidence of life turns up on Mars like that will change our whole thing like we still so, we still barely know how the brain works <laughs> you know if you really get it's like, true, it's like it's barely crazy. but <laughs> yeah it's a, there's but we I'm, know a good chunk about by it but ba- um, barely I mean we, just, we didn't know anything about it forever and all of a sudden maybe in 50 years we've expanded our knowledge but we don't we I don't think in, in 100 years from now they're gonna look back on this generation and be like they know fucking nothing they didn't know nothing about the brain. They didn't know how to cure. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's those types of research and advancement science and things that they go it keeps going. leaps and bounds. Like it's you know again, Evan, you know, the Wright brothers were nineteen hundred flying out like their tiny little plane, Kitty Hawk, and no one uh, and no one believed them. No one wanted. And to. now, and then we landed on the moon sixty years later. About like it's did we, Dan? We did. We haven't been there. <laughs> Have you not seen the boot prints? They don't match. They don't match the soles of the suits. We landed on the moon. They don't match the soles of the suits. <laughs> We're there. Wow. And even if we did, we still we haven't developed been back. the entire physics of, of. We did go back after the like. There were like fifteen missions to the moon. Oh, I think there were six successful. Or something, uh, yeah, there's like six missions to the moon. Well, we we haven't back. been back since. I'm saying, why not, Dan? Did we Super go to the moon? Boring. It is probably super, super boring. boring. There's nothing up there. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> we don't know how to use it. You can't build or, any permanent things on the moon. Or we were told not to go back. Sure. ET base up I there. Like that. I Dark like side that. of the moon. Yeah. I like that. Pink Floyd is out there. They knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, super fun topic. <laughs> oh no! What is it? No, it's super Soviet shark men. That's what kept <laughs> kept us off in the moon. I saw that shark side of the moon. I saw a movie. Somebody, somebody linked that in our Discord. I had seen it before they linked it, but I was like, "That's even better." <laughs> Dan's lost. He's lost his lost his noodle so there. Gone. We lost, we lost Dan. Soviet. But the gone. Soviets engineered, genetically engineered shark people. They crossbred humans with sharks, and then they couldn't control them, so they launched them to the moon, and now they live on the dark side of the moon or the shark side of the moon. Do they so. breathe regolith? Yes. <laughs> They're sharks. They can survive they anything can do whatever. They on Earth for billions of years. So ultimate life form. <laughs> do they have legs? Are they? Like, yeah, they look like people. Are they, they look like they're like street they, they sharks. The then shark. Yeah, yeah, they're like street sharks. Oh shit, man! Street sharks. I awesome. remember street yeah. sharks. Still got a few of them. I watched a couple of clips of the movie, and it is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the whole movie, but anyways, super fun theory. 
if you want to send us your theories, we try and read everything in our socials. If we, even if we don't respond, someone read it. I know someone fucking read it. So we're always, always look, looking for new theories. If you had a thought that we didn't cover, you know where to go. Aliantheorist.com. All the links are there. Easy peasy. Andrew, who do we got for this week's Theorite of the Week? This week's Theorite of the Week is Braden for giving us a break from oh his God. bullshit. What the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> we appreciate it, buddy. That Thank was you. a surprise. That was the surprise. <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. It. Felt good. You know, God damn it. Put him on the sidelines for a minute. That's good. Blast. Yeah, nice. Put him on blast. You know how much less good. editing I'm, editing I'm going to have to do? Oh, fuck, man. No <laughs> Nobody's eating during the case file. And, you know, what are you eating? Junior mints? Like I am eating junior mints, actually. <laughs> I tossed an entire bag of chips during a case file. No shame. No shame. 100%. All right. If you're not supporting the show and you want to support your boys, support your favorite podcast, you know where to go. Aliantheorist.com. Hit that support tab. I don't know, hundreds of hours of bonus hundreds stuff. Hundreds and hundreds Legit. of hours of stuff. We've put so much stuff on there. I've lost so count. So many things. Losing count. Anyways, this week's newest supporters, we got Grady Hartman, James Cooper, Split Hair Chavez, Jim Bowman. Oh, he returned just to kick all our asses at fantasy football. That oh, did he? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, did, won he won last, last year? year? <laughs> yeah, him and Ron's pondering. <laughs> He's back. Cody Phipps, Nuri Freeman, Zach Papas, Michael Daniels, Trent Jones, Marcus Fafield? I think so. And yeah. Jamie Black, thank you very much for supporting the show. Where is he? Ed? Huh? Hmm? Bye. Huh? And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> <laughs>